0: This is a Pasco Media production. Please visit pascomedia.com. Hello and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast, where we desire to provide a place of connection, rest, and encouragement for all of you who are on the journey with Jesus Christ like we are. My name is Sister Miriam James, and we are well into our Lenten book study. It's been wonderful to hear how many of you are just enjoying the journey yourself, so Thanks for sharing everything that you do with us. We're really enjoying hearing about your experience of the book as well. And as always, my dear friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger are along for the journey. And 33.3% of us are very sick right now. So I... <laughs> the other 666 are not, well, Not at least not physically. But uh, Heather, <laughs> Heather, you're sick, girl. How are you doing? I've been worried about you. I'm coming over with soup right now. That's it.
1: Oh, that would be so awesome! I am really sick right now. I have the flu; it's not going so well. But I, I, I have everything happening at the same time. I, I'm taking medicine. I have my essential oils. I have I have everything that I could possibly think of going on right now to try to get better. So, <laughs> anyway, but it's nice to see you both. How are you, sister?
0: Oh well, I'm doing well, and I have to see. I have to say that I'm just looking at you sitting on the couch here. And you have your little dog with you. I think your dog was probably going to be my one thing. I've never even met him yet, but he looks like a stuffed animal come to life. He's very cute.
1: He is extremely cute. Yes, that sure does help when you have the flu to have a really cute puppy to snuggle with. So
0: so cute. Michelle, how are you doing, girl? I am good.
2: I hate the fact that Heather is sick, but I'm so glad that I can see her, but she's over there and not spreading her germy love to us (laughs) because... Um, we went through three weeks of the flu, and I want none of that over here anymore. Um, I'm good. It's beautiful. It feels like spring. It always kind of feels like spring in Florida, but it is um, lovely, and I'm good. You're in Florida, too, Sister Sue. What's going on with you? I am.
0: I'm south of you. I'm at a parish mission right now, so in Lent, the very full schedule with people wanting parish missions, and so I've been with the wonderful people at St. James Cathedral in Orlando, and it's been a delightful experience, so I've been spending some time here with them. No Disney, no Disney World, no, no, no Disney World. I know people are texting me. They're like, "Hey, you gonna go see Mickey?" I'm like, "Dude, it's work only." I wish. <laughs> I would love to do that, but that ain't happening right now. So, well, we are on our next uh, chapter. Our next chapter in Life of the Beloved, and the chapter is called "Blessed." And so, our guiding kind of passage for this um, for this chapter is the quote from Henry Nouwen where he said, I love this, we were just talking about this before we started. He says, to give someone a blessing is the most significant affirmation we can offer. And then he says, let me first tell you what I mean by the word blessing. In Latin, to bless, um, benedicere, is the word benediction, right? Well, thats I guess that was Italian, sorry. That is used in many churches, meaning literally speaking well. So to speak well of somebody, to say good things about somebody. And that's what speaks to me. So it's like, you know, we're saying the good things people need to hear, pe- things that will really help them. And I think we've all had experiences of just being blessed um, on so many different levels. So, Michelle, do you want to talk a little bit about kind of what that experience is for you and that reality of it? To give someone a blessing is the most significant affirmation we can offer.
2: Yeah, I am. I mean, there's so much richness in this chapter, but it's like every other chapter. It builds upon, builds upon each other, you know, but um, someone asked me in one of the social media platforms, I can't remember which one, um, is this book hard to read? I said, it is simply profound. It's a simple book, but yet there's so much richness and profound um, words in it that just totally rock you. But I love when it says um, on 69, if you have a book, to give a blessing creates the reality of which it speaks. There is a lot of mutual admiration in the world, just as there are a lot of mutual condemnation. A blessing goes beyond the distinction between admiration or condemnation, between virtues or vices, between good deeds or evil deeds. A blessing touches the original goodness of the other and calls forth his or her belovedness. And that um, part of calling forth his or her belovedness, um, I think more and more I'm just convinced of the power of... Like in our baptism, we are baptized priest, prophet, and king. And our prophetic part of our baptism is calling forth one another's truest identity. And time and time again, when I've seen that done, there is something that um, just shifts and changes, like takes root, you know, and words have the power to bring life or death. But when they bring life and call forth life, they are such a powerful force. And um, it's so easy to get the ones that bring death lodged into our hearts or in our minds. But the ones that um, bring life are something that are such a powerful force. And I mean, in just different times when I've been with you all or different times when I've been with other women, and I have called out and spoke out, like modeled what I feel like the Father sees in them. You know, like for Sister Miriam, it's so easy for me to see that she's such a healer, but she's such a voice to the voiceless. You know, like, and that is who she is in her truest identity. And when you call out people's truest identity, there's something about them that comes alive. It's almost like anything that's in them that's been withered or been beaten down or been hurt by just the brutality of life starts to bloom again. It starts to come to fruition and starts to come forth, you know? And I mean, and what, like, I just think of the father, he said, you know, when he was baptized, this is my beloved with whom I'm well pleased. Calling for someone's identity. And I've said it a couple times on the podcast, but even when I do it with my kids, you know, you are not your behavior. This is who you are. You know, when I call forth like you are a kind soul, you are a warrior, you, you know, you are not fearful, you are brave. You know, this is who I see you in your truest identity. Um, it, it just changes the way they see themselves, but I see them come they take it It's almost like they're on the journey, and they take a deeper step into who they are, were created to be and who they are created in the image and likeness of God, so yeah, I think I have a lot to say about that one. What about you heather
1: yeah I, th- I think words are so powerful and uh, both positive and negative, and often we you know have been hit with so many negative words over the course of our life um, we We don't really have this understanding that words can then heal as well. You know, a lot of us have received through various avenues, whether it be parents or, or friends or other other people in our life, people who are in authority over us, That words that have wounded us. Um, but equally so, words can heal us, and they have the power to restore and transform. And there's this idea um, that we've talked about many times before that hurt people will hurt people. You know, and that often what has been dished out to us is what we end up giving to other people. And um, I was just struck by that in this chapter. I thought a lot about that as I was reading it. it was like, wow, like, th- these are the areas that we need restored. Like, I was thinking about the places in my own heart where words have been spoken over me that weren't blessing. Um, <clears throat> but then as I've experienced good relationships that people have blessed me, that it's been restorative to me. I thought, this is what I want to be. This is the kind of person I want to be. And this is what the world needs us to be. And so it begins with going to the one, the one, who can really restore. You know, it's not like we want to just go anywhere to receive words of blessing. I think that's the problem, is that often we try to we try to fill voids with the world. We all know that, but we're talking about specifically we can seek out affirmation and stuff in a wrong kind of way that's never going to heal and restore the wound. It's really just going to mask it. Um, So we really need to begin by going before God and allowing Him to speak that blessing over us. And I love this quote where Henry Nellon says, the real work of prayer is to become silent and listen to the voice that says good things about me. I just... I love that. And I thought it's so hard for so many of us to become quiet enough. It it almost, I think sometimes it's scary for some of us to get that quiet. It's like, if I get that quiet, what's going to happen? You know, what's going to come up? And we're so used to filling our, our lives with noise and and chaos, really. Um, so it's like, what happens when we get that quiet? And will we allow ourselves to hear hear the voice of love speaking blessing over us? What do you think, sister?
0: So I totally agree, Heather. And he goes on to say, the feeling of being blessed is not, it seems to me, the feeling that we generally have about ourselves. You have lived many hard moments in your life, moments in which you feel more cursed than blessed. And I can say the same. In fact, I suspect that many people suffer from a deep sense of being cursed. And he's like, you see a lot of blaming and complaining amongst people, like a spirit of passive passive resignation. Victims of a world we cannot change, and and don't we all know that? And I think you know what we're talking about here is not—we're not talking about flattery. Really, what a blessing is 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 imparting, like it's calling out the dignity in a person. It's calling out their deepest identity. But what it's saying is, it's good that you exist. (laughs) Like your your mere existence is a blessing. It's it's a good thing. It is beautiful. It's wonderful. And I just want to affirm the reality that it is good that you exist. And I wonder how many of us really hear that. Like, like you said, you know, hurt people hurt people. Um, there's another saying that we often say that suffering that is not transformed is transmitted. And so when I don't have the sense that it's good that I exist in my core of my being, then what I'm going to do is I'm just going to offer instead of a blessing to people, I'm going to offer pain. right? And it's not to say that we are, we're all imperfect. We, like, we all do that at certain you know, aspects, you know, like why we do what we do. But I think, like you're talking about, because he talks about two realities later of, you know, attentiveness, prayer and attentiveness to the presence, you know, to being completely uh, present, that the reality of allowing God to speak to the depths of who we are. And that's where we find our source. You know, God is our source and our summit. And when our lives are ordered around him, then we can love appropriately. And then we're free to give a blessing. And it's like what we talk about often, a blessing culture, you know, it can't exist in like a striving orphan culture. You know, because if I'm resting, if I'm resting in my belovedness, I'm free to bless you, and you're not a comp- competition to me, and I'm not threatened by you. I can see your goodness, and I can call it out in you, and it's it's maybe it's different than mine. Maybe it's more beautiful, so to speak, than another aspect of my life that I wish. But it's not threatening to me. I'm free to just love you and to call out that reality that it is good that you exist. And I think that's something like everything else in life that we can cultivate a, a culture of blessing in our families, in our places of work, and our churches, right?
1: Mm -hmm. And I think that those are good questions that we need to ask ourselves. Like, if we have a hard time blessing other people, we need to begin to ask, why is that? Do I feel what you referred to, that there's competition there? Do I feel like somehow I'll be less if I bless another person that it takes away? Um, Is it a threat to me? Will I feel awkward or weird? Or what is that feeling that holds you back from blessing another, from really calling out their true identity? I think those are great questions to begin to ask.
2: And I loved, 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 can I exclamate that point anymore, (laughs) about the story that he talks about on page 70. I mean, seriously, like tears in my eyes were coming when he talks about being in the large community, which I just think they're amazing anyway. But when he was talking about, um, the little uh, lady said, Henry, can you give me a blessing? And he puts a little sign of the cross on her forehead. And she said, no, not that type of blessing. Um, Give me a real blessing. But I love Uh, at the end of the page, and he says, um, she said, spontaneously, Janet puts her arms around me and puts her head against my chest. Without thinking, I cover her with my sleeve so that she almost vanished in the folds of my robe. As we held each other, I said, Janet, I want you to know that you are God's beloved daughter. You are precious in God's eyes. Your beautiful smile, your kindness to the people in your house and all the good things you do show us what a beautiful human being you are. I know you feel a little low these days and that there is some sadness in your heart, but I want you to remember who you are, a very special person, deeply loved by God and all the people who are here with you. And I just loved, loved, loved that. But then when I was thinking about this, this is the power of the priesthood. And when it's this purest form, because like this week I got, you know, there's some just junk that happened in the church, you know, um, you know, with certain things uh, with priests in Italy and all that. We're not even we don't not even want to talk about it. details. So you can see some of the ugly and the messy with the church. But then in the priesthood in its purest form is that Father's love. When it is pure and done right, it calls forth people's identity. And it reminded me so much of, you know, uh, going to school at Franciscan University. Father Michael Scanlon would do the Irish blessing over us at the end of Mass. May the Lord, you know, bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. And just the power of his voice. I mean, can't you just see him doing it, Heather? Like at the power of his voice and that Irish, you know, New York voice that he had just saying, doing the Irish blessing over us. There's such power in that. There's such power in that blessing. And, um, I was wondering to myself, I was like, okay, all the different times that I've been blessed, have I received that blessing? Oh, you know, that's a good one. You know, have I held, you know, are my hands open with nothing in them to receive the blessing or am I just too busy and distracted? Like he goes and talks about being present and, um, you know, prayerful and present. But am I just too busy to receive what God has for me and that blessing and, um, You know, I remember when I was just a spiritual warrior lady, um, said to me, she said, one of my biggest fears is when I get up to heaven and see all the gifts that he had for me. And I was, my hands were too full with things that didn't matter, you know, to receive what he had. And I was like, oh, you know, that just convicts me so much. Um. So, yeah, I just love that story. And it just did my heart good just to hear that little interaction with Henry Nowen. And,
1: and, and I love how everybody else was like, can I have a blessing too? Yeah, me too, <laughs> me too. Yeah. And I thought, you know, that's the childlikeness of people with disabilities sometimes is that they just, you know, they could just say what they need. And I think often we, we don't say what we need, you know. And But I had that feeling too. I was like, oh, gosh, I would love a blessing like that right now, you know. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's so true. We all do. I think we ache for that. And I don't know if I've told this story before, but a couple of weeks ago, I was talking with somebody that works at our retreat center and she's such a beautiful woman and she makes our meals there at the retreat center. And so she deals with a lot of people that have food allergies and she does your standard gluten-free, dairy-free fare. But there was somebody coming on retreat that weekend who had severe, severe food allergies And, um, this woman was talking about all the things that she was going to have to prepare. And my, my type a, like walls went up right away. I'm like, well, you're just like, you're just going to have to tell her she needs to bring her own food, you know? And, oh my gosh, my friend stopped me right there. And she said, you know what, sister? She said, if I can learn about her food allergy and I can learn how she can eat, then that means she can go to adoration and she can go to the talks and she can sit in peace knowing that she's loved and she doesn't have to worry about a thing. And I just almost burst into tears. I'm like, who does not want to be loved like that? Like, what a blessing, right? What a blessing to be so attentive to somebody's food allergies that you would go out of your way to prepare something for them so that they could rest in the Father's love. And you'll just take care of their food needs. They don't have to worry about that. I just was like, oh, girl, you got me on that one. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's so good don't worry
2: sister next time we're together i'll have some kind of allergies and i'll let you love me well (laughs) you know or how about just my dependency on coffee so you just have to bring it to me before i wake up i don't mind we'll go to
0: we'll go to to chick-fil-a and starbucks and you'll be just fine just just fine (laughs) yep
2: thank you i'll let you love me well don't worry honey And so you can make up for it
0: Well, he he says, you know, let me offer you two suggestions for claiming your blessedness, which would probably be really helpful for us. So he says the first uh, offering, the first suggestion that he has for us is prayer, right? So like we're talking about where well, we're going before the Lord. Um, and I think Heather, you mentioned this the real work of prayer is becoming silent and listen to the voice that says good things about me, that voice of the Holy Spirit that speaks deeply in us who, who speaks to us of our identity and our dignity, who speaks to us of areas where you know we, we need conversion and we need healing, but who always speaks a blessing, God always speaks a blessing over our lives always because that 's what god is god is blessing that 's who he is
1: and often we don 't know that we have you know there 's many of us that have these um, These hurt views of who God is, you know, they're damaged um, from our experiences and we think that God isn't going to be a voice of blessing and maybe that's why we don't take time to be quiet. We think it's going to be a voice of shame or it's going to be a voice of harshness. But that isn't the God that that isn't the kind of God that we have you know he's a good father, and I think maybe that's where some of us need to begin is to allow God to restore our view of who He is, to unveil some of the lies um, that have crept in there about who God is and allow his real voice to come out. Because that's not his voice. That That's the voice of the enemy. That's the voice of destruction. That might be the voice of other people in our life, but it's definitely not the voice of God. I think for many of us, we just need to start there. You know, it's like, God, please restore my understanding, my view of who you are, um, so that I can hear your real voice speaking over me.
2: And I love what he's talking about, like hearing his, rear, um, his real voice. And he says on page 78, Um, The movement of God's Spirit is very gentle, very soft, and hidden. It does not seek attention, but the move is also very persistent, strong, and deep. It changes our hearts radically. I love that line. You know, in my prayers, like, you know, Holy Spirit, be gentle, but yet complete. Be complete in the way that you convict my soul. Be complete in the way that I hear the God's voice. Be complete in bringing that areas of distraction that I need to get out of my eyes and root out of my life, like be gentle and complete, you know, and he's all about the simple and the soft, but yet very profound things of the workings of our heart. And I love that. And I was just thinking about one of my favorite poets. um, If you've been in my house, you'll know because I have quotes from her, you know, is Mary Oliver. And she has a quote that says, sometimes I need only to stand wherever I am to be blessed. And when I pay attention to the hidden things. Like this morning I got up at the crack of dawn to pray with my husband. Yes. Dutiful wife. Give me a check mark and a star. Um, you know, and so, um, like Jesus doesn't even want to talk to us this early in the morning, but that's okay. Um, but it was beautiful and i look out our big window in our front room and the sky was pink and yellow and blue and the colors were like oh you just can't make that stuff up that's just so good like i love your color scheme lord you know that's so beautiful um you know he's just standing where i am listening being quiet to be blessed and i'm recognizing that um it's just a beautiful thing
0: you know sister what are you thinking That's true, and I think that's exactly what he says in the second suggestion. He says, um, cultivation of presence. And he says, by presence, I mean attentiveness to the blessings that come to you day after day, year after year. And he said, so often, you know, we brush things aside, like, you know, somebody will you know, affirm us or they say, you know, they call it our dignity or, you know, who we are. And we just say, oh, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. Or we're just kind of in a rush. And it's, it's very true. I think it's very similar to what he was saying on gratitude in this last chapter of really being present to the present moment. And when, what is God speaking to me at this moment? And it's incredibly beautiful, even in the smallest things. And so often we get pushed out of the present moment by the past or the future, but the present moment is where grace is. That's all what you're dealing with right now in this present moment is all the grace you have to deal with. You don't have the grace to deal with the future hasn't happened yet. Right. And so God is in healing our past, but he, you know, that the area of grace is this present moment of what God is doing right now. And I think that's so um, incredibly important. And then when I live in the present moment, then it gives me the ability to bless you as well in that regard. So amen. Amen. And when we
1: truly believe that God desires to bless us, then we can open up space in our heart to receive that, to look for it, you know? Like, there's so many days, like you were saying, Michelle, with the, with the sunrise in the morning, or I live in such a beautiful place with mountains, and there's so many times that I, it's, it's when you look up, you know, when you when you pause and you actually open your eyes to see what's going on around you, that you can see there's so many blessings that God is just like showering us with His love. Um, there's so much beauty around us and people um, in, in little moments, you know, and I think this is something that for those of us who are parents, it, this is an, an incredible gift that we can give to our children. If we can see God's blessings, we're able to say it to them, you know, and I've seen this be so transformative in my children's life that, you know, my youngest daughter is an artist. And so so often I'll be like, "Eva, look at the sky. Look at God's art. Look at what he did." You know? And she's like, "Wow." And so for so many years I've I've taught her this way. Like, "Wow, look at this flower, Eva. Look at what God designed." And it's to the point now that she's 11 that that's how she looks at the world, you know, as like these amazing gifts of God's artistry and that they are for her you know, not just for the world, but they are for her. And it's been a beautiful thing to to see fruit of, it's like, there's so many times you get it wrong as a parent, trust me, I get it so wrong so many times, but those moments that you get it right, and you go, wow, like, the, I can really have such a powerful impact on this kid, and um, teaching them about who God is, and giving, it's like you participate in giving her eyes to see. You know, and, and I think with our children too, in the area of blessing, this is something my husband and I do every night with our kids. We always bless them before they go to bed. And my husband does that, that Irish blessing may the Lord bless you and, and keep you. And, um, and it's important, you know, it's important to take the time. Like we could rush through our day. There's so many other things going on. I don't want to go upstairs and do it. There's so many things I could say about that, but, but when I do, make the point of going up there to bless them, you know, you can just feel them rest in it. It's like they just, ah, it's like, okay, then the day is done. And my mom and dad blessed me, you know, and I thought, wouldn't I want that as a child? You know, wouldn't I want that every night? Um, Wouldn't any of us want that? You know, and I think that sometimes we have to go back there and go, what would I want? You know, and how can I offer that to other people?
0: Well, and he says that, he says, before concluding these thoughts about being blessed, blessed about being blessed, I must tell you that claiming your own blessedness allows you to leads you to a deep desire to bless others. The characteristic of the blessed ones is that wherever they go, they always speak words of blessing. It is remarkable how easy it is to bless others and to speak good things to and about them, to call forth their beauty and truth. And when you yourself are in touch with your own blessedness, the blessed one always blesses, and people want to be blessed. <laughs> So I think that that's the continual thing of in the, maybe that's something that we can all do this week is each day in our life, you know, who's one person, whether it's that person at Starbucks or the person at the grocery store, it's your husband, it's your wife, it's your kids, like, You know, who's the one person today and look for ways to bless people. And I think when we actively look for ways to bless people, the opportunities will always present themselves. You know, everything from maybe something seemingly small to something very, very deep. I I think when we look for those opportunities and are willing to do so and, you know, allowing God to speak that blessing into our lives, it becomes a, a really a life giving thing.
2: And he goes on to say it, like, it it really isn't um, a neutral territory. Like on page 82, it says, There is little or no neutral territory between the land of the blessed and the land of the cursed. You have to choose where is it that you want to live. And that choice is the one you have to keep making from moment to moment. Um, hello, conviction, you know?
0: <laughs> so yeah.
2: true. And it's yeah. totally conviction. And then I love he even addressed, but you're like okay, it's so awkward to bless people. I really don't know where to start. Like, I don't know how to do that. And then on the last page, he says, uh, the voice that calls us the beloved will give us words to bless others and real to them that they are no less blessed than we are. You know, like the Holy Spirit will, you know, like I said, he's Pixar. He will animate us and give us the words and do what we need to do, you know, to bless others. But it's convicting. There is no neutral territory. Like, are you going to live out your, be- your beautiful baptismal call? Are you not? You know, like, um, choose which side you're going to be on. You and, know? and
1: these are the simple practicals that actually will transform the world.
2: Yes. You know, if we yeah. do
1: them. Like, these are ideas that we can talk about, but unless it moves from an idea that we're talking about into a reality, and we make room for it, and we choose to actually begin to operate this way, you know, that... Ideas don't change things it's It's action that does
2: mhm mhm
1: and And you know just imagine there's like probably t- you know five thousand people listening to this podcast, and if we all made a decision to go out and um just start blessing people in our life, that could make a
2: huge impact you know huge mm-hmm. yeah it is yeah, absolutely, yeah,
0: totally amen okay ladies so uh does anybody want to have their one thing a blessing no <laughs> oh i'll tell
1: you my one thing
0: oh girl come on really my sick-y. one thing this yeah. week
1: yes yeah, being so sick and not i mean really i can't even function i actually don't even know what i've said in the last half hour so <laughs> listeners please just please just be gentle with me i don't even know what I, if i've made any coherent sense at all but
2: Um, And she's really sorry. She coughs in the microphone all over you. I know. I know. (laughs) You're probably sick now. You're probably
0: sick now from listening to our podcast. Yeah, seriously.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. No, my one thing is my mother. This week, she. I mean, and this is where like family and community just. Man, it means the world to you when you're at your lowest and you just can't even function. And my mom so sweet. She's been picking up my kids, and she had them overnight at, at her house. And last night, she came over with this beautiful little dinner for us. I'm just so grateful. And, um, you know, she's such a blessing in my life. And I think, so yeah, my one thing is mamas.
2: Mm-hmm. And Heather's mom is super stinking cute. And she has she's the best Scottish mommy. accent, yeah, yes, in that, the whole yeah. entire world. She's great. <laughs> Absolutely great.
1: Mm-hmm. How about you, She's Michelle? Great. <laughs> She's great.
2: Hi. Great. great. <laughs> My um, one thing is a uh, clip from a choir, and it's from a choir director, Trey McLaughlin. I hope I'm saying that right. Probably totally butchering it. But anyway, he uh, leads this black gospel choir, and they did a re- rendition of Better Than One Day in Your Courts. And i love it oh yeah that was i love it it has so much soul to it um i just love it i put it in the car this morning when i was driving my daughter to school and i this morning and we were just jamming out to it there's something about that that just like stirs my soul i'm like we're having church up in here you know (laughs) it is great so that is um, that is a good one. on the show notes so that is what about you sister
0: well, I think for me, uh, the my one thing this week is the gift of the priesthood. So I, well, I got to go to confession today, so I'm just all about the sacrament of confession and that, that moment of blessing, right, of, of speaking out your sin and being cleansed and healed and um, I was at the cathedral today here in Orlando and the priests were having like a day of a convocation day. And so I just was in the chapel and I could see them and just all them of ga- them gathered together. And I was just praying blessing over them. Like they had no idea that I, you know, because I was just an outsider there, but just watching them and just thanking God for the gift of these men who are indelibly marked with the heart of Christ and just praying for any healing they need, any encouragement that they need, but just grateful that men hear the call of God and are willing to give their entire lives in service of his bride. So priest, y'all are wonderful. So the priesthood is my one thing this week. Yeah, so... Well, thank you very much, dear listeners. And if you enjoyed this episode, would you please share it with a friend? You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on abidingtogetherpodcast.com. You can click on any one of the pictures and find the episode with wonderful journal questions and discussion questions. And you can leave us a rating, leave us a review. We would love to hear from you. So until next week, God bless you all. We will be abiding together. Have a great week.